Hi, and welcome to Create, Automate, and Scale podcast. Tune in to this inspirational, straight-to-the-point, relatable content for entrepreneurs to help you mastermind the everyday hassle, give you business tips, networking opportunities, shameless money talks, and scaling secrets. Created to support you, to support coaches and course creators just like you, to help you take action, stop trading dollars for hours, and explode your business. It's time to hit that six-figure and beyond. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Create, Automate, and Scale podcast. I am Sophie Riley and I'm your host. Today, I have the absolute honor to welcome Holly, who helps a female entrepreneur create simple, scalable offers and system to grow to multiple six-figure, an industry expert and featured ThriveAndEntrepreneur.com author, 20-year consulting background with Fortune 500 company. Holly runs a strategic coaching business the Crush the Rush Planner Company, and host of the Top 100 Crush the Rush podcast while raising her twin daughters with her husband in Columbus, Ohio. We're talking how to ditch the social drama. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to have this conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Holly. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this. I'm like shaking. I'm so, so, so excited. So first of all, give us a little bit of a, of a background as to why we're talking social drama today. Yeah. My name is Holly Haynes. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, like you said, and I would say 97% of my business was built while I was working full time. And the reason I share that is, so I was a a corporate strategic consultant, which basically means that I was working for high-level executives. So even though I was building a business that they probably didn't care about, I didn't really have time to be on social media. Like I couldn't just like tell my CFO, hey, I got to go post for the fifth time today. It just didn't work. And I have two young kids and twofold. One, when I got home from work, I wanted to spend time with them and not obviously be on my phone. But also I found as I was growing a business, the more that I'm on my phone or on my computer in front of them, the more resentful they get of me working. And so I really had to protect my time around how much I was online, but also wanted to create a way that I could grow and scale where I wasn't just tied to my phone all day. So that's really where this whole idea came from. But I will share at the time of recording this. So I actually created this whole framework and program before this actually happened. But so I had a, an Instagram account. So we do use social media, but I use it in a purposeful way. And I can share what that looks like. And we had almost 15,000 followers. I would say 99% of the content was recycled. So I'm not posting in real time. And it, it got hacked and it didn't come back. So we literally have started from scratch again. And I would say, you know, we're three weeks into this now. It has not influenced or impacted our business at all. Like at all. It just kept going because all of our other processes were in place. So if you're listening and you think that this can't happen to you, I assure you it will or can. And if it doesn't, like, let's face it, the algorithm or insert platform of choice changes all the time, all the time, right? Like it's like make a reel or make a carousel poster. 
whatever the thing of the day is, it's always different. And so I always say, yes, it's great to use social media, but use it as like the sidecar, the second act, the like second step in your business, not the first first step. So social media is not a business strategy. You need to have something else and then use social as a bonus. So what would be your first car, your first platform? My first okay. car, yeah. yeah. I tried it. So I always like to think of social media as like a magazine, right? So when you're listening to this podcast, who's this Holly person? Well, we do have a new Instagram. So you could go like search us, right? And we're there. But what you're going to see is content, repurposed content from other places. And so my first piece of advice is I always say, what is your home base? So home base to me is what do you own, something that you own where your content can live. So it could be an email list. It could be a podcast. It could be a blog. It could be a website. But it has to be something that you own that you can always point back to or you can always pull from. That has to be number one. And then the second step is let's, you know, use this podcast as an example. So you'll create the sort of audio from it. There are probably 10 different things that you could do with what we're talking about, right? So you could put it on YouTube. You could create a blog post out of it. From the blog post, you could put it to Pinterest. We take our podcast and we actually break it up into three different social media posts. It's the same topic. Sometimes they're reels. Sometimes they're carousel posts. It's the same content. We're just repurposing it in a way where we can like mass produce it and share it when it makes sense for us. So my first step is like, what is your home base? That is something that you own and what, and I would say that you're excited about. So if you don't like podcasting, don't choose podcasting. If you, um, I would always recommend having an email, but maybe you like writing. So you could write a blog post or maybe you like sharing. So you could, you know, have a, a video that you send out each week or whatever that looks like. Just make sure it's authentic to who you are and what you do. I love that. I love that a lot. Did you die a little bit? Like was the anxiety <laughs> a little high when you found out that you were hacked? Was like, so it's actually the second time it's happened, which is so crazy. The first time it happened, we were actually hosting a mastermind retreat. And it's actually a weekend where I do share more on social. And I was like, oh, okay, that time it came back. This time it didn't. I mean, I won't lie and say that I'm like, like, what's going on for a minute. But then I was like, you know what? I have a program called Anti-Social School. Maybe it's the universe telling me that I need to talk about it more. Like, I really tried to make like lemonade out of lemons or whatever they say. So, yeah, I mean, I, everyone would have a moment, I think. Like, I'm a real person. I'm like, what, what just happened? Like, you, I didn't even have the choice to scroll. And I think the interesting thing is I have improved my, my relationship with social media so much that I, like, missed my friends because I was like, well, I can't, like, I, I can't even find anyone. Like, I'm not connected to anyone right now. So that part was a little weird, but we just decided to start over. So here we are with like a hundred followers now, but it hasn't, I mean, knock on wood, we haven't skipped a beat. So we just keep going. Well, that is incredible because honestly, I would have, I would have maybe, maybe a little (laughs) bit of a temper tantrum if I spent a lot of time and energy into social media. But I think that your strategy is key 
because you're taking a platform that you own and you own your content and you're growing an email list from that content and repurposing it. So that content is really, it's never lost. It can be. Right. I, you know, one of the things that I share is content isn't the king. Like it truly is the kingdom. And I know we talked about that inside your Facebook group, but it's everything. So it's like, if you're, if you're not on social media or you don't want social media to be the main act because it's unpredictable, where are you sharing your content? And for me, that's very much come down, comes down to networking. Call it like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon effect, right? But if you're on one podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh, I talked to Sophie today. She's amazing. You should have her on her podcast. Like it's this whole network that starts to grow. Or I have one client who is a gardener and we were talking and I was like, you know, where are your current clients coming from? Where do they hang out? And she's like, well, actually they're all local. And so I'm like, why are you wasting your time creating reels that like she's in her, I think early sixties, seventies, like social media is not her place to hang out. Right. Maybe Facebook, because I think, you know, maybe her crowd is on Facebook looking at family photos, but they're not buying things off TikTok or Instagram. So we flipped her entire strategy and said, let's go network locally. Like she got on the news. She's written articles. She has taught classes locally. She has more clients now than she knows what to do with. And it's all because of she built her network, right? So I would say your network is your net worth. Like, how are you getting in front of the right people that want to hear your message and then serving them with the right content that's going to help them? I love that. Nobody should have a, let's call it cookie cutter, you know, right. business. They don't work. Everybody's different. You know, I had a conversation. I don't even remember with who. It does not matter. But we had a conversation about, and putting quotation, the million dollar business. Mm. Okay, so there's a lot of hype around the million dollar business. Don't get me wrong. It's exciting. It's an exciting goal. And it's completely an achievable goal. But I'm not interested in no way, shape or form to explode my business so fast that I need to hire all of this giant team and drive myself to the ground. Right. When I look at a mentor, I'm going to talk to someone like Holly, who has a part time business with full time income. Can we say that? (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Not someone who makes millions and millions and millions of dollars, but they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in the team and they're literally still working themselves to the ground managing the team, managing the business. Like if I'm completely honest, this is not my dream. This is not yeah. the person I buy a course from because this is not this is not my goal. If you know anything about me, you know that in the summer I do the bare minimum. It is sunny outside. You can't see my skin right now. If you know me, you know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like after a long winter I don't want to work more than a few hours a week. Of course, I plan ahead. I schedule everything ahead. But I'll never be the one that's going to purchase a program from a multimillionaire that is on the verge of burnout. Yeah, I think that's a great question because I think one of the things that you see thrown around a lot is, you know, I'm a seven-figure business. 
Well, that's great. That might mean your revenue is seven figures, but what are you actually making, right? Are you spending half of that on Facebook ads to attract your clients? And then, you know, I don't know what's left of it. So I mean, you just never know. And I always say like, dancing on TikTok is not my thing. Like it's, it's weird for me. It's awkward. It's just not my thing. I have friends that freaking love TikTok and swear by it. And they're like, Holly, you're missing out. And I'm like, that is okay. I would rather talk on a podcast. So I think you have to pick what is your vehicle of choice where you're putting yourself out there and then take that and repurpose it into the social media content. There's a lot of coaching out like in the coaching industry that are, I want to use the word robot because I don't know that I can find another term, but what I mean Mm. by robot is that they have developed, let's say a framework, a method, and then it's set in stone for everybody. Everybody needs to do it exactly like this. And what I found is that what it's been... (laughs) What it's doing to the people following those coaching program is that they're no longer able to make a decision for themselves. They're no longer able to make the right decision for their business. And they're always looking for validation as to what they should be doing. And I think that that is a very dangerous place to be because I think that decision making as a, like a CEO is probably one of the number one skill that you need to to build, right? Because I was, I certainly mm-hmm. was not born with it. So I got better but in order to create that business. I want to know for you, do you have any advice on decision-making? Because sometimes we can spend a little bit too much time on certain decisions and it does have a ripple effect. So especially you that have that amazing business that is part-time, but full-time income, what would you say some of your best ifs in order to make a decision like a CEO? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first thing that comes to mind as you were sharing that is, and I say this quite a bit, it's what worked, you know, five years ago or three years ago does not work now. And so I think you just have to like have that sitting in the back of your head because what's working for like the mega coaches may not work for you because of who your audience is or what you do or what your personality is. And so I'm not saying that you can't learn from what other people have done, but I think as a CEO, you have to think about, is this something that I would actually say, or is this something that I would actually do in real life? And just do like a gut check of like, okay, if like, if somebody told me to, you know, post 17 videos on TikTok every day of me dancing, I would be like, I don't know, that feels weird to me. And they're like, well, it works. It works. It works for them because that's probably their personality. And it's very different than what my personality is. So I always like to do like just a gut check of like, would I actually say this in real life? Or would I actually feel comfortable doing this? Because chances are, if you feel uncomfortable, you might just need to ask yourself one more time is, you know, is this the right thing? Um, The other thing that I always come back to, and I, you know, it serves me very well is, No matter what you're doing in business, I always say just serve first, because to me, it goes back to their relationships. Like, so we were talking about like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like if I can help somebody, then they're going to tell somebody that I helped them. And then that's going to serve me, but also it's going to help them. So if you're nervous about what to do next, I always say like, what's the best thing you can do to help somebody get a quick win? 
period. It's honestly that easy. It's like, okay, well, could I do a podcast? Could I write a blog? Could I send an email with like three tips that saved me two hours this week so that somebody else is going to read it? And they're like, oh, yes, I could do that. And so I always go back to, you know, one, does it feel good? (laughs) It aligns with your personality. But two, like, how can you serve first and just focus on getting somebody a quick win and helping them so that it builds that trust. And then when you do have something to sell, it's just much easier because you have a relationship with them. I will say that all of the programs or courses I have ever signed to is from people and coaches that 100% leads with value. Mm-hmm. You can exactly. tell, you can absolutely tell if you listen to a bit of their content, tune into their masterclass, you can tell the difference from a masterclass that was all fluff and no content versus a masterclass that you're like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And then you get mm-hmm. that little tingly feeling like, oh, I need to know more or I want to work with that person. And, you know, sometimes it wasn't even about the course. It was just, I just want that person in my life. They're so knowledgeable. They're so exciting and they lead with so much value. So honestly, I, I agree with that. A hundred percent. And how easier is it to make a decision if you know that you're leading with value? You know, one of the biggest value of my company is customer service. Mm -hmm. So every time I make a decision, obviously we work a lot with tech and people are overwhelmed and that's okay. Right. Lots of feelings, but all literally it's a sticky note. How do I answer this email with customer service in mind and having them feel good after a conversation or after a, having a little moment of, let's call it stress, because tech can be, <laughs> tech can be interesting at times, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I am loving this conversation, Holly, and I would to invite you to talk about a little gift that you have for everybody in the audience listening to this podcast today, which is all about ditching the social drama. Yeah, no, I love to call it that because I just, just think how much easier life would be if you could just like not worry about what's happening on social media and your business could run without it. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? So I have a framework that I created and I follow, which has been tested multiple times now with our failed Instagram or whatever the you know topic of choice is of social media. And so if you go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash social, it's actually a private podcast. So going back to value, I have five mini episodes that are like 10 minutes long, and it will walk you through how to create your home base, what your framework should be, how to really leverage your network and the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon that we talked about, and what the next steps are to really make social your sidecar, right? To make social your magazine and highlighted content, but not feel the stress of like, oh, I don't know what to post today, or I don't want to show up today. But just because you don't show up in social doesn't mean that your business isn't growing. So it's just hollymariehaines.com forward slash social. You like podcasts, you could listen to me, I'll tell you what to do. It's super fun. Amazing. I'm going to put this link right in the show notes. So head on over, click on it, grab that right now, as well as other links so that you can connect with Holly. Maybe go give her a follow on Instagram, Holly, (laughs) Instagram account, right? I feel like I now need a sign in my. I know. 
that says seven layers of Kevin Bacon. What is it? Right. Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's basically seven your degrees. network. So your I always say your net worth equals your or your network is your net worth. So the bigger your network, the more powerful impact you can have, which leads to better relationships, which leads to better sales. So I love that. I mean, my affiliate programs brings 90% of my clients. Yeah, it's perfect. It works. It works. Well, I want to say thank you so much, Holly, for giving us your genius and your time today. We appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Create, Automate, and Scale podcast. We'll see you same place, same time. Mm -hmm.